Well, folks, I reckon it's about time to get into the episode. Oh <laughs> hey. Hey, man. Welcome back to another episode of the Player 5 Podcast. My name is Austin. Alongside with me, as always, is Brendan. How you doing, man? I'm good. I am very good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing marvelous, man. You doing anything fun this week? I've been playing an insane amount of Borderlands 3, and awesome. I gotta say... I can't say enough about that game. It's so good. <laughs> it looks good. I, I can't wait to to get into it myself because I am actually planning to to get more into eventually the play the ones. I, I, I've been starting to play Borderlands one some. Okay, getting more into it. I also played a uh, Kingdom Hearts one too. I'm sorry. Know? No, actually, yeah, you should be. <laughs> yeah, I should like, be sorry. <laughs> I real I remembered why like I got so frustrated with stuff. Clayton and again, it's just yeah, Clayton. <laughs> That's how far you got. <laughs> no, no, I, actually, I got did, to the end yeah, of the game. Did, I beat actually. the game. You did, well. Yeah. Okay, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I beat was. I beat Clayton after I got really frustrated, and then I kind of cruised the rest of the game. wasn't that bad. I mean, it was annoying and very repetitive. And then I got to the end, and Ansem was oh, so so hard. <laughs> and it was like I was like stage one, all right, that was pretty hard. Okay, stage two is like, oh my god, I don't know if I can do any more than that. Stage three, I'm like, okay. Finally beat him. The stage four game, I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, and it still wasn't the final. Phase. I literally quit and watched the ending on YouTube, and then laughed because of how cheesy the music is in, the, in that yeah. game. Because it, it's like uh, at the very so you got to be careful about that because you know Kingdom Hearts fans are very big about the music. No, I know, that. but it's so cheesy. Uh, there's like a scene. It's Disney <laughs> at the very end where Kari, uh, she gets like there's like a chasm like breaks in between her and Sora yeah. and then like right at that moment they cue in the the song and it's so lame I'm sorry I know you people love it I know you love it but it was just what I, it was like the cheesiest cue of music but I think the I it think, was okay, so cheesy can I just say I think the cheesiness is part of like why some of us like Kingdom Hearts because all of us will say that Gion's death was one of the hardest to do yeah that was but hard. the last line before Gion died was Roxy's going Gion who else will I eat ice cream with? <laughs> so, you know, it's such like, a bad line. I know it's <laughs> like, part of it because it, yeah. it, it because it, I always said that before Kingdom Hearts three that yeah. the mix between the light and dark themes of not even just the fact that it is light versus darkness and right. good and hard and what I'm just talking about like in themes in general like how they had a light hardness to it yet such a dark side to it it was just like that mix just like blended yeah. in, in a way that was, was tough. But anyways, yeah, I, I've been playing uh kingdom hearts yeah. one again. Remembered why it was so difficult. Right. Such like that. I do want to say borderlands three though, is like they are killing it. They actually had a hot fix update come out today and mm-hmm. they had one last week and they had that really big update. We talked about last week as well. So, um, the bugs are like basically non-existent now and i don't know that they've done really good they even already had their first few events where they're celebrating the anniversary of borderlands 2 or the first borderlands and they're doing like rare loot spawns and stuff like that it's I, like seriously borderlands 3 is i was telling my wife the other night that it was the first game in a long time that i like sat and like just like thinking about it while i'm at work just like ready to get home and play it so bad like it's an rpg i'm like super invested in Story-wise and gameplay-wise. So right. it's just, it's so good. I can't, I love it so much. That's good. That's good. Well, all right. Let's go yeah. ahead and get into some of our quick topics. And then we got some juicy topics yeah. for y'all today. But before we do, we'd like to remind y'all that y'all can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and the hubcitypost.com. City spelled with an S. Shout out to Nick. Yeah. Let's get into it, Rendon. 
A new Pokemon was introduced, Galarian Ponita. Yeah, unicorn. And she'll be specific to shield. Yeah, she looks like a unicorn. Her, yeah, can't use her in sword. Yeah, she does. Looks like a little fairy unicorn, but she's not fairy type. She's not? Oh, she's I thought not. I assumed she was. I actually don't know what type is she. I don't know, okay. but it was confirmed that she wasn't fairy. I know well, she was, she was fire and normal, or just fire and original. Who are we to assume the gender, though? We keep saying she. Well, I'm just kidding. that's true. No, that's true. <laughs> um, but I do believe that back in the old school days, like we did with the Game Boys, for those that didn't show up in other versions, that you can transfer or trade with someone that has shield, uh, Galarian yeah. Ponita, into Sword. I believe that has not been confirmed or denied, but it would be dumb if they did. Yeah, it's like every other Pokemon has gone, basically. Um, I mean, they're getting ready Pokemon Bank yeah. in that home that they're talking about. They're not really doing that for this, but um, still, you know, you can still trade between each game. And basically the only thing you're sacrificing by picking another version of the game is like that legendary, but I don't know. The legendary is kind of lame this time. Do you want attack doggo or defense doggo? You definitely want defense doggo. Attack (laughs) doggo holding a sword in his mouth is like (laughs) so dumb. That's (laughs) insanitary. Yeah. All right. Red Dead Redemption. We knew it was coming to PC. We have got confirmation on when they will release it. Yeah. It will release on Rockstar's own launcher. And then Epic Game Store in November. Cool. Steam in December. Yeah. One month exclusivity. Well, not exclusivity, but it's before. They're keeping it from Steam. They're keeping it a month from Steam, Rendon. That's another one. Definitely, yeah, another one that epics going hard on they're they're really they're trying they're trying hard you can yeah. tell um i mean at this point to me it's business as usual for epic like at this point i'm not surprised and what i will say is that yeah. they're going to get a lot of money from borderlands 3 that you're going to see more stuff like this happen yeah because they got six months with borderlands 3 right so i don't know i i guess i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about it because like first off you know um steam has that the thing that have they have on Epic Epic right now is like they've just been around for so long. They have so many games in their library, but like Epic has been like from the beginning, obviously getting these exclusivity deals. But they're also like um, giving away free games each month. Like you know, we have Xbox Live Gold. You can get get a free game. Like I've only ever bought one game on Epic, and that was Borderlands Three. And every other game I have. I've gotten through just free games and they, they're like good games like journey, the piece, the PS4 port that just came to PC, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan, which we played, um, there's another one, um, overcooked, which is a very popular game on switch. Yes. There's a lot of good games and they're giving away for free. Steam does not have anything like that. They have a lot of free games on their site, but that's not steam giving them free out. Right. Um, also with that revenue split, like, we haven't seen it yet, but Epic's definitely going to be the indie game go-to. I mean, there's just no... I mean, that just straight revenue split just incentivizes... From now on, anyone who wants to make a game, it's like it'll just be so much more obvious to go to Epic based on that revenue split, you know? So Right. They're really killing it. And I'm excited for... I mean, that aside, I'm excited for Red Dead Redemption too. Um, because remember, I was like really wanting to play it when it first came out, but... It the graphics are such an important part of this game, and it's an RPG, so it's not like a time yeah. thing. Like you don't have to get in on it at the earliest. Um, I knew waiting for PC to be worth it, and now after I beat Borderlands Three, I'll probably get it. I feel like 
we always, you know, we always do the discussion. Like it's not graphics, you know, that matter. It's, it's gameplay, but I do feel like there are some games that you want to immerse yourself right. into its surroundings because a lot of it is about surroundings. And I think Red Dead yeah. Redemption is because obviously it's taking you into a Western theme that, yeah, you know, hasn't been around anymore. You know, I think Horizon Zero Dawn is, is another one of those that like, I would take better graphics, you know, right. Over, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, there's, there are definitely people who, um, that I, you know, people on, you know, different forums that I read that are based around like PC gaming and stuff. They're very much willing <clears throat> to, uh, drop frame rates in RPGs for the textures and higher refresher. I mean, higher, um, resolutions and stuff like that simply because it just looks pretty and our frames per second don't really matter in RPG. They just matter. in, you know, frames per second, as far as like actually needing to have the high, high frames is like competitive, but you're not, you're not competing in a RPG. You're just experiencing this world. And if you think it's playable at 30 to 60 FPS and you can go even lower, then it's worth it to just like take in that beautiful scenery, you know? So, I mean, in RPGs, it's like the one place it's worth it. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. All right, let's get into our juicy, juicy topic. Juicy, juicy Pro- topic. It's actually kind of a sad topic. I mean, I'm kind of bummed we have to talk about. You know, it, it's but a sad topic, but it's we obviously are it's handling important. it from the gaming perspective on this one. But there's two other big businesses that are in the same predicament in their own kind right. of ways. So let's it's get definitely into it. a. Well, I'll, I'll, let me let me. I'm gonna preface this before we get into it. Okay. Is that you know we in no way think that we're like you know, experts on like geopolitical things like that. And, you know, we're getting into the China, Hong Kong stuff, but like, you know, this is definitely, like you said, from a gaming perspective, right? Obviously, like we're not really, we're not, we don't, we're not experts on this and it is, a it's news and it's international incident. Like yeah. it's big, you know? Yeah. From, from old blizzard and Hearthstone. So they're having a lot of issues right now because in the, Grandmaster Tournament, uh, Butch Chung had on a mask and allegedly was shouting uh, the battle cry for the Hong Kong protest during the winner's interview. Yeah. Blizzard's response has been overwhelmingly considered harsh and controversial. Both of the casters on stream were fired. And Blitz Chung was expelled from the Grandmaster series and retroactively revoked his tournament winnings and appearance fees. Blizzards kept all the money for themselves. So Rindon, big thing. Yeah. We're also three ways three weeks away from BlizzCon. I mean, just kind of what what's the impact that you think is gonna have all in all of this? And if I'm correct, it's already been a big this impact. Is, this has already been this is not so long ago that we had our auto chess yeah yeah guy, definitely you know? grandmasters has been that whole series has been a like hotbed of controversy but this is yeah. like the biggest drama we've i mean this is definitely the biggest drama hearthstone's ever seen maybe not blizzard it might, it might be um but i'll say like i think that there are already repercussions of this it's huge um i don't know if you've kept up with it too much but you know there are there's been a staged walkout of Blizzard employees on campus. Mm-hmm. Blizzard's campus has a giant statue of an orc in the center of it, and they have like their tenets, like their mission statement, basically printed on it. And there's a section that says all voices should be heard or whatever. And like employees are literally taping paper over it, and saying that like you know 
they think that what Blizzard's doing is terrible. And so, yeah, basically he, you know, he won his match fair and square. He, he won the grandmasters tournament for APAC, which is Asia Pacific. Uh, and so like China, you know, they're obviously having this huge issue where Hong Kong is trying to get its democracy and the Chinese government's trying to really, you know, come in and, you know, make sure that they're under their rule because China is like mostly communist and socialist. Yeah, and, and just so people are aware, Hong Kong used to be a British colony. Right, it was so a they, settlement. It's a mix of two governments. It's always been like the one exception to China's full communist control. Right. And China is now trying to take more government influences of how mainland China goes by doing it. And the way that they're doing that is by they're sending prisoners in Hong Kong to mainland for trial. So they're being... They're being basically you know, taking their democracy. by the law, even though they did a crime or something in Hong Kong, they're being trialed in mainland China right. under their rules. And that's kind of where the big controversy has started for anyone who's unaware. Yeah. And there was an official handover from the British government in like 97 to China, but China just kind of let them be and let them do their own thing still kind of just didn't really do anything. And now they're trying to enforce these communistic rules on top of their you know, because they're now under the jurisdiction of China, technically, but Hong Kong has lived in democracy for years and years, and they are fighting for that to keep to keep it. You know, and mm-hmm. that is very respectable. We're democracy. We're a, you know, U.S. is a democracy, and I think that's a way better, like you know, quality of life and freedom way of living than communism, obviously, right. in my opinion. But uh, you know, some people can argue that. Uh, but anyways, it's just you know, this is a very very brave thing that Blitzchung did to be honest um because you know he won okay well let me back up he won his his uh winners he he won the uh grandmaster series first place and the casters were giving him the a platform to um you know do his interview and then at the very end he put a mask on and um i don't know if you watched it but at the end he put a mask on and said the rallying cry or whatever and as he said that, like the casters ducked behind the desk and tried to hide from the camera. And then like immediately they went, got cut to the ads on, on Twitch. And, um, and yet it still made it on the Taiwanese live stream, which is funny cause they have a delay. So somehow it wasn't edited out beforehand. Either way, it was, a, it was a disaster on Blizzard's point of view. If, if they were wanting to cover this up, they still let it get out and that's, right. a, that's on them, you know? Anyways, I I mean I personally believe what he did was very brave, and I think it's very cool that he did it. Um, now you know obviously Blizzard came down on him harsh. Obviously, I mean they not only did they take his winnings because he just won that tournament, it took that away from him. They didn't redistribute that money to the other winners. So like second and third, they still got what they were told. They didn't give that money to. They didn't like move the second place up to first place. And then give out the money they planned on. Right. They literally just kept that money. And then not only that, they retroactively took all of his appearance fees away, which uh, we talked about a, f- a few weeks back. You know, the grandmasters they pay them to appear just to play. If they win, they get a little bit more. But they, you know, they get paid to come, and um, they just took all that away from him and kept it. So that just that just looks yeah. really bad. I mean, well, in it, yeah, but in fairness to Blizzard as far as that part goes is yeah. that. They, as far as I'm concerned, they didn't revoke the record of him winning. No. As in, like, you know, but the NCAA expended. has taken, you know, the Heisman Trophy away from Reggie Bush after they found some things. There's been Penn State had all their championships stricken from record when they found out I'm issues not, with their program. I'm not actually sure. 
I, I be don't think they did that to him. Therefore, the runner-ups are still considered second and third place, regardless of what else that they've been doing. Therefore, they get their money based on that. Now, Blizzard could have obviously done something with the money, like charity or something, and it kind of looks bad. And in, in amongst all of this, at the same time, I get the sentiment I uh, from a business perspective, and you look at the rules that Blizzard has put into place, Oh, Regardless yeah. of we they think that total right to do the it. right or not, or as far as a moral value standpoint, Blizzard technically hasn't done anything wrong from that standpoint. To- I'm totally. Gonna, I agree with that. I'm not going to focus too much on that. And I'm just kind of throwing that out there in, in sake of argument. I but. agree. And so they haven't like, you know, taken that title away from, I don't think. Uh, you may if be, they took the title away from him, then yes. Then then he has been disqualified in second place is well, now first. And well, third place is now second. Well, I mean, he's been totally expelled from the Grandmaster series. So like he cannot play again. And I think it was like over a year of suspension. Like he cannot play in Grandmasters again. Right, but he had already won that Grandmasters, is what I'm saying. I believe when they yeah. when this has happened. Yeah, they had he had won it. Yeah. So I they don't, expelled him, but I don't I don't think they disqualified him from from well, he he can't winning. play another game. True, again, so he True. will not win anymore. And right. they, in fact, and he took, away took his him. money away from him. So, I mean, I mean, it, it's basically like he didn't win. But I mean, in my opinion, but uh, yeah, so that happened. And and what I yeah, what I wanted to say was that like, you know, that's harsh that they came down to him. But if you look at the clause in which they cited and why they were expelled him and then why they did this is, you know, they had total rights to. I mean, it seems as though that if you read the actual regulation, it's kind of a very wide cast net of like basically if you do anything we don't like, we can fire you. And that's right. what they did and they had the right to do that. He signed that contract. Um obviously, that's fine with me that they are willing to do that. And it's just that it looks so bad on their end and on top of that, they fired these casters which which to me is more of a like Blitzchung can he knew the risk he was taken by by doing that. Mm-hmm. The casters were trying to do their job. They were just saying, you know, they were told by Blizzard to give him a minute to talk in his interview. And there's a lot of people that in their interviews they say like, I was honest with cancer and this, you know, playing this game has really brought me back to you know health or whatever. You know, right? Like they have a personal story, and I think the casters, you know, they knew he was going to do something along those lines. He was going to say something. And they just let him have that platform because that's what they're supposed to do in every other situation. And he did what he thought was important to him. And then they also suffered the consequences. And it sucks because, like, that's a big deal because, like, all three of those people, as much as it seems like, you know, this Hearthstone's a small community, like, that's how they make their living. Like, he is a pro player. That's how he makes his money. These casters, they cast these personal games by and that's how they make their money like they took people's livelihood away from them and two of those people weren't even directly involved with it they just happened to be on screen when it happened and tried to duck out of the camera's view so it's just it's really really harsh and um the thing i I know i know you want to say something i'm I'm gonna say i kind of the overarching way i feel about it is that you know i think it looks terrible but we can't kid ourselves and not say that Blizzard's not a company. Their main incentive is making money. And, you know, as much as we have like BlizzCon coming up and, you know, that's like the whole feel good Blizzard time. Obviously, it's not going to feel as good this year. So it's going to yeah. be weird. It's going to be weird this year. There's going to be protests at BlizzCon, I guarantee it. Probably. 
Um, unless they handle, unless they do something within the next, they few will weeks, have to so. act fast yeah. it, for them not to get protests at BlizzCon. And um, but you know they aren't necessarily by doing this, they're not necessarily saying that they think Blitzchung is wrong or they are taking a stance on his viewpoint. So they're saying, no, we support the China government. They didn't say that. They were just saying, you're using our platform for your political, for your political stance. We don't allow political stances on our platform. That's not Blizzard taking a political stance. That's Blizzard saying, we don't allow it on this platform. We haven't taken any stance. We are just not letting you take your stance because this is our content that we've created that you're putting your stance out into. Right. So it's kind of hard to blame Blizzard so much, but it is overtly looking like they didn't have, they, they looked at the consequences of, you know, lose the faith of, you know, some of their fan base or make more money. And they chose make more money, but their business, you know, true in some ways. But that's kind of mostly how I feel about it. I know it kind of I monopolize that. How do you? What do you think about this? Like, I mean, I'm kind of upset about it, but I understanding on both sides. You yeah, know? I mean, well, this is a very multi-layered issue. It's complicated for sure. So, for those who don't know, my mother has been a flight attendant for Delta for many, many, many years, and I've had the privilege to go to multiple countries of multiple different laws, religions, beliefs, customs. And I have had the extreme privilege to go see Shanghai in China. And from day one before she ever took me to any country, which was a European country, Rome, I believe, and or Italy was the country. Rome the first the place city. you went. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, obviously a very Americanized like place. Your, you know, Western this culture. This touristy. Like, uh... There's not much I can do there that's going to get my head cut off, you know, right. by the law. But, you know, she said, regardless of anything, you have to respect the laws and the culture in place of wherever you're going. Right. It is the first thing you do. Because if you mess up over there. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter. You're over there. You're over there. Exactly. I agree with that. You know, last year when uh, the, I think it was UCLA College, their students went over there for an exhibition game. And two or three of the students, you know, stole sneakers out of a store. Yeah. And they were stuck in China for months and Donald Trump even was making calls and all that crazy stuff. Right. To us over here, we're like, okay, well, they stole, they shoplifted, give them a fine, make them do community service, whatever. That's not the same over there. No way. Yeah. Not the same by any means. It wouldn't. No, no, no. They took that very seriously over there. They take stuff like that in general very serious. And I know that Hong Kong is a different situation because currently there are protests and it's kind of the Wild West as far as what you say and what you do. Yeah, there are a whole lot of implications that comes with what he did and where he did it and why he did it. And morally, I agree with him. Bliss Chung, I, I agree with with you. I have no issue with what anyone agreeing with him and even taking the stance of he that he did it in the right place at the right time. I'm a little bit more sensitive to it because it's it's difficult because I support Hong Kong and wanting to keep their democracy. I really do. Yeah. It's a very tricky situation on how you support that, especially you know when you think of it from us, we're a nation here in, in America where we are a nation based off of what we protested and fought for our democracy before. Right. And so 
Blizzard's when, an American company, too. When you too. think of the implications of what your actions do at the setting of which you did it, and this is where my issue is going to come in, which is why I wanted to preface pretty much everything that I set up to this point. When you are playing for the Grandmasters and you have signed your contract, you have agreed to represent Blizzard. Yeah. And, and they're paying you. They're paying you. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously when you've done what you've done, you've forfeited, you know, the right for the money and whatnot. So I don't, I don't see any issue there while we can moan and complain about it. I, we both kind of agree that that's Blizzard's right. Totally. It's his right. right. This is a big thing. And you, now you're doing it on the brink of as well as the NBA yeah. is having a huge issue with China because the Houston Rockets yeah. general manager there have been Darryl a lot Murray, of backlash from that you know tweeted what he did a lot and, of politicians US politicians are getting involved and they're, saying they're very condemning involved Blizzard with it, and NBA and the NBA as well as Apple right. with their yeah recently map app in Hong Kong that showed where the police were Apple and Google both shut that map down yes that app and um, now they're not having a huge issue because it was an app not made. I don't think it was made by Apple or, or Google. I think it I'm was more sure. like China was like, well, why it was on you, their stores? Why did you allow that right. in here? Because, you know, it's like, you know, well, China has the Internet, but there's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. Like, right. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, you can't even hack into that. And if you do, good luck, because once they find you, you're done for. You're not you're not seeing the light of day. It's very serious over there. I think a lot of people that are listening here don't recognize the severity of how they go about things there. The fact that Blizz Chung was able to get out of there just fine is is pretty big. That That's saying yeah. something because China does not value freedom of speech. Yeah. They just don't. And so you also have to think Blizzard has their own contracts as well. If I'm correct, I read a whole lot about what the NBA was going on, what Blizzard was going on, and Apple's going on. So I may mix this up a little bit. But if I'm correct, Blizzard had a sponsorship with Tencent. Yeah, they do. Which is a huge company in China. Yeah, yeah. They're a stakeholder in Blizzard's uh, stock. Exactly. And and they helped create the mobile version of Hearthstone for China. Because Tencent, so there you go. It's, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because Tencent's a mobile gaming uh, company. Right. They're, you're a, they're a built around mobile games, and Tencent is huge in China. It is, and even still, it doesn't even matter what Tencent believes. It only matters what China believes. Because here in capitalism, you know, businesses have a right to do whatever they kind of want. So right. it's not illegal in China. They can go to Tencent and be like, shut it down, and it's shut down. There's no and ifs or buts about it. Yeah, and so you have to think if you're Blizz Chung. You you have potentially, in which actually you did in some way, you cost two people their jobs. We know for the casters, you're going to cost people at Tencent their jobs. You're going to cost people at Blizzard their jobs. You're going to cause an uproar in an already debate that's that's or, or riots that are going on. It's like I don't mind Blizz Chung supporting what the people of Hong Kong are doing. At the right. same time, you have to realize the implications of your words because of how serious China takes these things in a land right. that does not value freedom of speech. Yeah, And so he's got to take into account who he's representing and what he what he does with the representation because China is blaming Blizzard for this. If Blizzard really can't control what Blizz Chung is saying or doing. Yeah. And China doesn't understand that concept. And so it's like, you know, the Rockets have already, you know, said, well, we're not fully standing with Daryl Moore and what we said, but it doesn't matter. You know, the game Rockets are not allowed to be showcased or played in China again, which is sad that the most prolific Chinese player ever in NBA history is Yao Ming, 
who is head of the Chinese basketball organization. Right. And he's heated as heck. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's why I say it's, it's a very multi-layered thing where you have a person's belief, you have a, a country's laws and then a business's like, yeah, this is why yeah, I say, a whole lot this is why I say that I see both sides of it. Cause you know, we, we both agree that Blizzard's in their rights. Everything they did is totally justified from right. a business standpoint. But like the human side of me is say, thinks season sees Blitzchung and says, you know, um, he had a platform and this is like the most important thing to him in his life. Right. You know? And it's like, that's from a, that's a, obviously, this is why I say it's brave. And this is why I say it's from the human side of me thinks he was un, totally in the right. Morally, I think he was all right to do it. Morally, yes. But, you know. From our nation's beliefs and culture. Yeah. And which is, you know, arguably Hong Kong's because their democracy. Had, arguably, and they're fighting for it. Right, so. right. They're fighting for the democracy that we have, you know, had for years. Right. So, you know, it, it's just hard to see this. Also, I want to say, I want to clarify, I actually don't know for a fact that Tencent helped develop the mobile version of Hearthstone in China. I said that I, th- I'm like pretty sure they did. I'm not, I don't want to confirm yeah, that. That's but regardless, Tencent has, has a huge role. Tencent in is a, in, in yeah. within China. I mean, China is a gigantic demographic that Apple, Google, the NBA and Blizzard, none of them want to lose the viewers or the players or whatever they are to them. They, right. They're, they're too big to just, you know, like as much as probably all those companies, especially being most of them being American companies like Blizzard at Google and Apple are all American companies. Well, then NBA also right. is uh it's an organization, but anyways, they almost, I could say overwhelmingly, none of them agree with China's government and how China is doing things in Hong Kong, but their number one priority is to make money. And True. that's the point. And I so will. that's why I don't really get too offended. But when Blizzard is a company that, you know, their tenants are based around being for the people and BlizzCon, you know, there's not many companies that have conventions based around them like Blizzard that is just love for the community that they serve. And, you know, it, it, it just goes against what we've seen Blizzard done in the past. I, I also want to, this will be my final point. I get that it's business and business is for money, but I do generally believe that even if 90% of them, of these CEOs and, and decision makers at these companies are about the money, I do think that most of them come from a place that either values freedom or speech or has not as limited speech as China does. Right. I, I remember doing a report on Google back, back in college where... When Google was able to get their foot into China, which was a big market for them to get into, they were having a lot of moral dilemmas because Google is obviously a search engine that you're supposed to look up anything and everything. But China was like, no, you will don't don't allow them to look up Tiananmen Square or anything like that. But eventually Google, they they stuck to the rules. And then after a few years, they started to slowly allow these things to become more public and and get it out. There was a huge issue with that, but I do believe that Google eventually kind of won that out. And I think that the more that it's, it's the greater good type of thing to me where it's like allowing blizzard in and people in and 
Apple in and coming in here and having influence and business influence and obviously big money over in these countries, I think in the long term, if we play nice, can have more influence on the future than what we can do by causing the stir that we're having right now. Right. That's why I said, like, you look at it by layers. You Blizzard's not wrong and Blizzchung's not wrong. But when you mix into the two and you consider contracts and whatnot, you, that's where you run into complications. And that's why I said, Bliz, you know, I support Blizzchung. Morally, he's right. But his setting was wrong. Right. And that's why, because who knows how this whole democracy and writing will go and how that will eventually affect the history, you know, in the future of China and how these companies can play a role if they are, are if they're in there and there's a more pivotal time for them to play a role and do something. Yeah. And so that's kind of my final point. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very touchy subject. I understand anyone who takes their side that they do because there's a whole lot of facets that come into this, but right. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it's sad that we have to talk about it, uh, because it's such a, you know, you want to feel for the people that are involved in this. So, um, but I guess real quick take right before we move on, we know, we know that there's probably going to be protests at BlizzCon. Do you think this yeah. BlizzCon is just like ruined? Like, like, do you think it in any way is going like the attendance and, you know, the amount of traction they'll get media wise, you think it's just they're totally, gonna, they're going to take a hit. They're gonna take a big hit. They're gonna take and a hit. you know what sucks is last last Blizzard was the one that was like super mediocre and like no one really got a big like it was just like kind of either negative or lukewarm news from yeah. it. Yeah, it's just been a while since Blizzard's. It, they're just in a really bad spot right now. They're gonna have to yeah, recover. They, they've kind of dug a hole for themselves in the whole last year. Yeah, before this, and even their players came. haven't necessarily been representing them the greatest either. And what they do you mean? Well, you know, we had the the auto chess person. Oh yeah, yeah. We have this, and then we had. Yeah. There was another incident. I, I remember. I think early in the year or something. I forgot. Well, I, I you know, Diablo Diablo questions. players are basically revolting against them. Yeah, it's there's a there's a very big disconnect in sections of Blizzard. I would say the Overwatch community is kind of like fine. You know. Yeah, Overwatch is a. It seems like a solid. Like they're not ever really in a huge bit of drama. Whereas right. Diablo, WoW, and Hearthstone seem to always be in drama. I wonder, you know... Here's the Storm is like the most dramatic. <laughs> we talked about Nintendo and, and Overwatch characters. I wonder if now, because Nintendo's been somewhat getting into China for the first time in years and years and years and years. Yeah. You know, they now just started selling Wii games over in China on not even a Nintendo console. So, like, that's the first way that Nintendo's been able to get in there. Yeah. I wonder if now they're if they would now stray away from Overwatch characters just because of this. I don't think they would. I think that really? that I think that has not really come fruition. But all right, all right, all right. Well, let's get into some of the. Crazy news has come out this week. Not as uh, intense news. Not as intense, but we finally got some confirmations on the PlayStation 5 console news. Yeah. Always fun because, you know, we're obviously looking at what's the next generation. So there was a huge interview 
on and most of it was posted on the Wired website. I don't yeah. remember the two gentlemen's name that were doing this interview, but they shared a lot of information about There's been a lot of articles about yeah. this, so yeah. And big first confirmation it's going to be called the PlayStation 5. Whoa. Whoa. Never would have expected. I know. Crazy. <laughs> I'm so glad we got that. Another confirmation that we do about solid state drive. That's that's pretty big. It is pretty big. Scarlet's going to have a solid state drive. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to to our next topic. I, I, I kind of want to mention what Scarlet has as well to to put in perspective right. on our next topic. That, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the solid state drive, in which you know obviously will help with making games smaller in size, load load times way better. You know, load times way better. Yeah, smaller and in size as far as like did you files that you don't they don't really need, but they now yeah. they can expand more on other things. You know, right? Did you want to like uh like kind of. I'll say what I want to we'll say. We'll kind of analyze some things as we go around. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Solid State Drive is pretty, you know. Well, yeah, it's pretty standard. But uh, I do want to say, like, it is a huge step um, for consoles. Um, PCs, yeah. they've had it for a while. And actually, right now, as someone who follows, like, um, tech, and, like, I'm always trying to, like, put parts together for PCs, like, uh, flash storage, NVMe, like, solid state storage is, like, yeah. the cheapest it's ever been, ever. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember like when we were young, like USB flash drives were all like really expensive. Like right. just to get like one gig, it was like 30 bucks. Yeah. And now it's like, you can get 16 gigs for like a dollar. Yeah. You know, data's getting cheaper and cheaper. Right. And it, that's just cause technology, you know, we have more time making these. So the, the infrastructure that has to be put in place to make these has just gotten more and more efficient basically. Oh, yeah. Also talking about uh, gigs and such. Yeah. Uh, official number came out for uh, how m- how much data the world in Microsoft Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be. Oh my god! I can't even. I I hope I get this word right. Two pentabytes. Oh, petabytes. Petabytes, which yeah. is like two thousand something terabytes. Well, that's if so. you were to download the whole thing in one. There's no yeah, way that, that that's. And that's why they said they are they're doing off Azure and satellite because. You can't possibly put that on a system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me, though, because it's like that's the satellite data that they're uh, streaming to your PC. So it's yeah. like, yeah, petabytes are... So one petabyte is 1,000 terabytes, and yeah. a terabyte is 1,000 gigabytes. So, so I think it's like 2,057 terabytes worth of Yeah, data. well, that makes sense to me because that's a lot of... That's that's impressive, but yeah. I'm just glad that that's not like the download size. But I, I want to say the download sizes have gotten so ridiculous these days. Like, yes, like did they release the specs for Red Dead Redemption and for Modern Warfare recently? Mm-hmm. And I think Red Dead was at like 150, and freaking Modern Warfare was at like 175. Like, it's just getting ridiculous. Um, but anyways, and you be, look at Mario Odyssey, which is like a 2.8. Well, yeah, and that's this is this is what I was gonna say. Like we're in this we're in this world where Nintendo is blowing up and their onboard storage is thirty two gigs. And they just put the notion of getting more storage on the consumer. Like you guys have to buy a hundred and twenty eight gig micro yeah, SD card. Still you can and buy these, like ten games on the Switch before right. it's filled up. You it's know? it's crazy. If, if you if you're talking Nintendo exclusives, Nintendo they compress their files. Yeah, they have it made right now, is all I gotta say as far as They're like doing pretty good. As far as like what they have to invest and the return that which they get. It's insane. But back to the PS five real quick. The SSD it's impressive. Um what I will say is that um I'm excited for the idea that we're getting solid states on mainstream consoles because I could see a future where 
we have levels of consoles we can buy where so so like the PS5 Pro may have like an NVMe SSD which is like the fastest is like a P- PCIe Gen 3 whereas the PS5 just the regular base model could have like a SATA SSD which yeah. is substantially slower but way faster than a regular hard drive right and then like a PS5 Slim or something could have like a regular hard drive so you're having you know price points within the console family right and I like that you know so anyways that's mainly what I want to say yeah AMD PC quality graphics cards something that yeah Scarlet is doing as well yeah, yeah. AMD which one it was like a it was like the Ryzen a- it's Ryzen yeah it's AMD's Ryzen's into architecture which is based on, it's like their 300 series yeah. chips but I'm almost positive that the ones for Xbox and Sony are going to be, you know, proprietary. I mean, they're not going to be like the Ryzen 7 3800X or it's, it's going to be like a specifically made for that system. Yeah. Ryzen. Kind of like Nv- what NVIDIA did for NVIDIA. Yeah. Yeah. For Nintendo. Yeah. The Tegra chip that they built. Um, That's okay. I want to say that's impressive because AMD's just their Ryzen lineup has been, you know, AMD has been blowing, blowing up a lot. And a, I think now like yeah. they're, they're really starting to compete with Nvidia for the first well, time. Well, they're yeah. Well with Nvidia, but more with Intel because you know, AMD makes CPUs and GPUs true. And Intel has like owned that market for years of like processors and Nvidia is on the, on the market of like graphics cards. And now they're competing quite substantially in both markets. And especially in the processors, like they are for price to performance, like they are, blowing intel out of the water so yeah. it's, it's nice seeing that these mainstream consoles are going to sell like crazy i'm sure oh yeah um they're getting amd so amd is gonna be just fine i really like amd these days even though i have an intel and nvidia yeah, it's, system it's, it's getting a lot more respect oh yeah it's it's awesome they they need to work on the gps nvidia still has it but yeah. they're getting closer but they've pretty much beat intel at this point in my opinion nice uh, one that a lot of people were happy to hear confirmed was we knew that the PlayStation five was going to have ray tracing technology. Yeah. But a lot of people were feeling that it would be, you know, like when Microsoft was like true 4k experience. Yeah. You were, it was more on a software side, right? They're going to have it built into the GPU hardware. Right. So that's really good as well. Yeah. As AMD's version of ray tracing, like they're going to be, I think it'll be really well done because it's not, Microsoft tweaking things. It's AMD genuinely putting these features into their GPU that they're making, you know? So it's like the people that know what they're doing are actually doing it. (laughs) Right. The controllers, which we assume will be the dual shock five. They don't have a name yet, but it's, it looks just like I'll be dual shocked. If it's not (laughs) dual shock five, stop. (laughs) (laughs) It will replace rumble with haptic feedback which is said to be a little bit more advanced than what the HD rumble and the joy cons will be because apparently this feedback will have like more than just like rumbling, I guess. Yeah. Where HD rumble rumbles in a way in, in a, in a place where it makes it feel like it's, right. it's what it's supposed to be instead of just throwing, you know, the, the yeah. metal thing in circles. But this, this will apparently have something similar to HD rumble, but with more than rumbling. It, it, I they like were it. still kind of mim about certain things. They were just like, we're kind of giving you teasers on a bunch of things, but we still have yeah. more. You know? Well, I, I mean, I'll say like the best thing I can assume it's like is, you know, an iPhone, they have haptic feedback for like whenever the iPhone seven and eight, when those, when those came out, they didn't have physical buttons, but the buttons gave you a haptic feedback. Yeah. 
Um, and then now like on the new iPhones, you still get them through the system. So I like it because from the tech side, like the rumble in all the old ones are, is a motor, you know, it's a moving part. Yeah. Whereas this haptic is like, it's not as li- likely to break as like an actual motor spinning. Right. You know, so it's like more durable and that from a baseline is awesome. And then hopefully if it does give us even better effects in HC rumble, HC rumble is awesome. And we can both yeah. test that. Like the rumble they have built into the uh, Joy Cons is very impressive, especially how small they are. Yeah. Um, so if it's better than that, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, that's pretty cool. What I'm super excited about the controller will also have adaptive triggers for L2 and R2. Yeah. Which developers can use to add resistance to the triggers. And it's pretty it's cool. It's also a bit more in depth than that, where like they can control how the resistance will work like the first half of your trigger press will be relatively simple but then the bottom half will get harder more resistant as if like you're pulling a bow or something yeah as well as not only that like you could have it where the first part is very resistive the middle part is simple but then the third part is also like medium resistance so like there's like it's not like half and half or like only one setting it's like it can be yeah switched up all all the way around so i think that combined with the haptic feedback could be like really impressive. I do too. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I know that it probably seems like a small thing and probably once we get used to it, it probably will be a small thing, but I am kind of excited to see how, how developers will use that. Cause I think they will. Yeah. Cause I think oh, yeah. they're making this controller to be more enhanced to gameplay than just a controller. I mean, I hear bow and arrow and this is Sony. So I'm guessing the next horizon zero dawn, we may be feeling some kind of I'm excited for resistance for what trigger thing. Even just looking at this controller makes me more excited for Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. Or not looking at the controller, but hearing what it's apparently going to have. Yeah. So adding the ability to download sections of a game to better manage your storage. That's so pretty like cool. if you want, you know, just a multiplayer off of Call of Duty, you can just download the multiplayer section. You don't have to get the campaign if they're nice enough to give you right. a campaign. On this yeah, this is one of those things where it's like quality of life. Like to me, it's not like new tech because, you know, Massive Collection does that. Yeah. You can download just Halo Three and not the others to save on storage. So it's not like new, but it's like quality of life. And if this is like from, this is gonna have like support from the bottom up from yeah. the console. That means more developers will be able to do it. So obviously, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's not new, but it's now like we've fully Sony's fully in implementing it in a way that's like it'll be easy to yeah for every game and every developer like a, a to one thing yeah so yeah. which i, I think it's good i mean i wonder because i don't think de- i don't think developers or companies are going to sell their games for half price if you want one section or not and which they may and i'm i'm not against that you know if, yeah if call of duty is like hey you just want our multiplayer part here it's for 40 bucks you know you don't have to pay the full 60 for the game you know i think that's a step further like i think that that's very doable and i would love that yeah but i think that we're not there yet <laughs> you know i think maybe uh developers are pretty greedy still <laughs> so this next part Some developers i want to preface that the way they explained it was a little bit confusing it's innocuous yeah. It's so we're going to I'm going to try to explain this how I took it and I'm sure Renan will either say if he agrees or not or what he took from it. But with the solid state drive in 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 all in essence with or in, in combination with the sections even if you download a full game 
the console will know which sections are which section, which ones, you know, which part of the file is for single player or campaign and which is for multiplayer. And where when you, you know, what they said was, you know, when you usually boot up the console, you have to go into a game to see what your friend is doing and see if you can get in. And then you'd have to go into another game to see what your other friends are doing. You can see what game they're in, obviously, from your home screen. Right. But they said they wanted to eliminate that. And whereas you could turn on your console, your friend could send you a request. There's no boot up. You go straight into the game, obviously, from the SSD. But that other multiplayer sections of other games will be ready to go so that like if your other friend is in another game and you're ready to switch on over, you don't have to leave one game to go into the other. You just jump into the game. The same can also be said with campaigns that can have co-op in them. And then there will be another section. If your friend is playing a single player campaign where you can, as long as you have the game and have gotten that far in it, you can go in and play the same single-player level, but it gives you additional challenges and your friend those same challenges to, like, still, in a way, have, like, some sort of competition, I guess. Okay. It's... it's it The way that they worded this was a bit odd. It's one of those things when I have to see it to yeah, kind of understand it, what it they're kinda saying. It s- kind of sounds like s- the person who was doing the interview maybe didn't know exactly what it was in themselves, you know? Yeah, it may still be being... Developed well, he's or, definitely still being developed. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it it sounds just like a UI improvement, and maybe if if it's wanting to get you into the games with your friends sooner, maybe it has some kind of learning ability where it shows it knows who your friends are, and if you have a game that you guys both have and have played together before, maybe this is all theoretical. Maybe the SSD has a cache in it to help it boot those files faster. Um, you know, that could be a possibility, but it's just, to me, it, it just sounds like all UI, you know, like they're just, they're just, you know, they're just trying to make the interface a little bit faster and quicker. Um, I don't have like super high hopes, a little skeptical of it. Um, but you know, it'd be cool. Yeah. I I don't think it's a game changer or anything, but I I think it's a quality of life thing, not a game changer thing, but one of those things that you could say, yeah, this is nice. I like this, you know? Yeah, it's uh, what we expect now. Consoles need to improve in these ways. Yeah. You know? Uh, last thing is that they said that they, you know, have way more to announce, but they are not yet. Rumors from people who were close to, you know, the person that they were giving this interview to, because the person that they gave the interview to also played a game on on it and used a controller, but they yeah. weren't allowed to talk about it, NDAs and such, but... You know, sources close to whatever got on had said that there was a microphone spot in for the controller. Last week we talked about Sony and their AI, you know, for health packs and such like that. I believe that. Right. And said that they believe that it's also going to have adaptive uh, joysticks. So where it's like if you're in a game where you're like stuck in mud, that like it'll be a little resistant it'll feel on pressing slow up. And, yeah, and I yeah. would love that because you know when we play games and it's like we get in an intense situation, like right. we bang on the joysticks and button as if that's going to make a difference. You know, and I if, feel like what if it have, did make a difference? Eh, that's what I'm saying. If or you like, had adapted, like or it just <laughs> makes you feel more like it, you are making a difference, even if it doesn't. It's yeah. just like, got or that, you know what? Maybe it, the human feedback. Maybe if it did have. Uh, like Smash Bros kind of technology in where like if you did like smash like the joystick up more like maybe it would have a difference now I don't know maybe or it's like if you do that thing that everyone does who 
when they first time play games and they like move their whole body with when they're trying to make it to like the flagpole in Mario. Yeah. It's like if it'll sense that you're moving your controller, so it'll be like that would be great if like yeah. AC Roll was like the gyros in them, like notice that like yeah, yeah. gave it. Well, something. you know, motion control's been around for so long, so I feel like they should have done that already. I know. Just give you a little oomph. <laughs> yeah. Um with that said, uh a lot of things here, a lot of exciting yeah, news, a lot, a lot of, of confirmations. Yeah. Um so just from this information that has been given out so far, yeah. How's your overall feeling of the PlayStation Five? I mean, I'm not gonna get it, but uh, I'm glad the console technology is progressing as it should be. So, I mean, there's no reason for me to get it personally. Um, the only the only way it would it's like exclusivity deal, like exclusive games. But I don't have as much of a pool on the Sony side as much mm-hmm. as I do on Xbox side. Um, so for me, it's one of those things where I can, since I'm objective, cause I don't want it. I can sh- say without a shadow of doubt that it's impressive. Um, and even though I do play Xbox, I probably won't get the other Xbox either. So like, you know, this is a biased opinion. So uh, unbiased opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad they're doing these quality of life improvements. The um, tech they're putting in their controllers is stuff that I like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into comparing Scarlet in just a minute, but um, they are they have confirmed that it's gonna be VR capable. Though we didn't have that in the list, but whatever whatever they have, they said in some form or fashion VR can be adapted for it. So I respect that because that's still keeping that community in mind. Yeah. So there are things you're doing. Sony's making good moves with this release, I believe. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And talking about the controllers, do you think that the triggers are going to be analog? No. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I feel like... Because I feel like you got... you. I mean, the triggers obviously have to be a little bit different than what the DualShock has typically given us because they're not really... They're not like... They haven't had like triggers that are like xbox or the pro controller where like you have a huge press down i I know on the dualshock 4 they had more than they did on the dualshock 2 for sure um but you have to feel like that the triggers are they're gonna have to do something with them different right yeah what do you think do you think you like sony what they're doing with it i mean so far yeah i think because i know you're interested you want to play the next horizon zero dawn i'm sure right the um, Kingdom Hearts will probably release future games on it. So, of course, yeah. You, you know, I look at all of this as far as a, a home console. You know, it's it's like, you know, when when Xbox went to the Xbox One, you know, I remember that sly comment they made when we were complaining about it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't know you wanted the same console. It wasn't that. It was like they were giving us the same console, but with more limitations, you know? Yeah, true. I didn't feel there was anything special going from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One. And in hindsight, there wasn't. Yeah, Um, arguably, yeah. You know, and realistically, outside of games and such, you know, and and Sony stepping up their game, no pun intended, (laughs) there wasn't too much of a difference going from ps3 to ps4 initially obviously once we got into the ps4 pro and xbox one s and such as they started adding 4k and such like that but this feels like a legitimate step up and so does scarlet to the xbox one they feel like legitimate step ups yeah from what the last generation or 
this ending generation is. Yeah. So I'll give it that. Um, but with that said, I mean, I, I think we, we can just go ahead and no transition into yeah. our next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scarlet and the PS five coming out in winter of 2020 for that crazy holiday buying fit fiasco in your opinion and try to be as unbiased as possible. Oh, I'm going to be, um, <laughs> what console should gamers consider more? And it's not even easy, that easy to be unbiased for it. I just want you to know I love you, Brendan. Okay. This argument's coming from people like you. Okay. So I know your answer. No, I know. And I know people like you. And you yeah. the Seth's out there in the world. I know yeah. Seth's listening, hopefully. <laughs> our friend. Yeah. I think you would honestly be foolish to pick the Xbox Scarlet over this. Okay. Here's why. And here's why I say for you personally and in for others. Because it's not really a diss on you. No, I mean, I'm not taking any of this offensively. No. <laughs> when was the last... What was the last game you bought for the Xbox One? That I bought? Yes. Pro- officially bought Um, Overwatch. How long ago was that? <laughs> like, when it came out two years ago. No, no, no. It's been out more than two no, years. No, 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 no. Fallout 76. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I only and I only bought that because I the only person I knew I could play with was on Xbox, and I regretted it. I still regret it. <laughs> but well, that's over, Fallout's fault. That's Fallout's and fault. The same same reason I bought Overwatch. I would have played Overwatch on PC and not on Xbox. But I had people was who on would PC too, right? Yes, it was on PC as well. Okay. Um, but I chose both those games over the PC version and got them on Xbox simply because. I had friends that would play with me on Xbox and I didn't on PC at that time. So So. out of the next generation of consoles in specific for the Xbox Scarlet, what games are you interested in? Well, I mean, there's not many besides a halo infinite that Scarlet has that Mm -hmm. is coming. They haven't confirmed a lot of games. They haven't. Um, Uh, I'm guessing some of these newer games may get ported in a later time. Like, so say, say cyberpunk came out, and I mean, it's going to be on PC anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get it on mm-hmm. Xbox, but um, say I only had an Xbox and I wanted to get cyberpunk, but it came out this April. And then right whenever I was willing to buy it later in the year, they came out with Scarlet and you could get cyberpunk ported to Scarlet. You know, I would consider Scarlet if they didn't go to PS4. So I don't know, PS5, whatever you call it. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really future wise that I'm looking forward to on either console exclusively exclusive wise so well but even well, still Halo on Infinite. The, but you can get down to PC Halo Infinite's and PC that's, game that's my there's my point yeah if no, you're gonna buy why. one right it would be the PS5 because at this point Microsoft has not shown any reason for us to believe that we're gonna have great exclusives coming because there was not great exclusive on the Xbox One on top oh, of yeah, that that's true I mean I agree with you that. and I are both interested in Halo, which I'm assuming will be on Xbox Game Pass for PC that we can get into or you just outright buy it. And the only other game that I care that Microsoft is going to have is Microsoft Flight Simulator, which will also be on PC. But right. then you think about the PlayStation 5. As of right now, on just their little tidbits, they already have more than what Xbox Scholar is going to offer on just a controller and, and console basis. But even when we get to exclusive, I mean, Rendon, you, I mean, I, I know you say you're not interested in it, but like, you can't say that if you didn't have, the, if if you had the chance to play Horizon Zero Dawn, I think you would play it. 
Oh yeah, I want to play that game. And I really, for, do. if I'm correct, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I think that PlayStation Five will have backwards compatibility. So if you bought a PlayStation Five, yeah, you would. There's a lot of games I want to play. The Uncharted games, I really want to the play. The Uncharted that. games, Horizon. If you care for getting in Kingdom Hearts, friends not. So this is the Last hand, of Us. You maybe. get Last of Us, Kingdom Hearts, uh, the Ratchet and Clank series. There's a whole lot of gorgeous exclusives and IPs that you can get on there and bring it over if it is backwards exclusive. But then you, you know, Death Stranding. Yeah, I, I think mean, you're way more interested in that game than I am. But yeah, <laughs> and well, there's no, there's no. What I'm saying is that is, a Sony exclusive? Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is that you look at what Microsoft has in store compared to what we know is coming for Sony. Right. And it's just it's just uncomparable. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we're hoping Brendan, we I'm sorry. We know deep down in our hearts that three four three is not gonna make the Halo we all want. No, I don't know that. You know that. I don't I I know I, know I still that. have hope. I have hope it's gonna be a you good game. You can't destroy my hope. I have hope Halo. it's gonna be a good game. It's not going to be the magic, though. You never know, dude. It could start a new magic. I don't know. You know what? You're right. It may I don't know. be a new generation but, of what we what we have had but in the even past. If it is, even if it is, it's still on the PC. Yeah, even exactly. And that, so that's, like, that's a big part of why I think it's going to be as big as and, it is. And honestly, now here's the thing. We don't know the price points. Sony could do another PS3 debacle and screw this all up for themselves. I'm sure Sony's going to high price. I think in their minds, even now, I think they still... I think Microsoft will price themselves too well i mean whenever xbox one first launched it was 500 and that was a high price and i wouldn't be surprised even if memory for solid states which is the major improvement i think on these consoles from a tech perspective as far as like what they're spending on components um i think that they may stick with that price model 500 or more i'm not we're not seeing like uh you know with how xbox one s is now or like 250 or something you know right we're not going to see that out the gate for sure. Yeah. Well, as assumingly that Sony doesn't price their console more than a hundred dollars than the Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to compare the Switch because obviously the Switch is its own thing. Well, we also got to look at the release date too because it's like they're going to release it at winter twenty twenty, right when everyone's buying gifts for the holidays. Right. They're going to release their highest price one, and then you know, come April or you know maybe even later in the year of 2021 they're going to be like oh here's a cheaper model you know true for the people that held out i mean at this point objectively i mean i i have love for xbox regardless of what i've just been hard on xbox because they've given me no reason to be nice to them and i and i can understand that for sure in sony you can't say i'm biased towards them because for more than half of our podcast life i've been saying they're going to screw it up somehow they're they're on their high horse they are they're going to screw it up but you see before this new generation has come out how they have been bringing it back. Oh, we love crossplay. Oh, we support Well, that's not bringing it back. People, I think, saw through Compared that farce. Compared to how their original stance was on crossplay, they are bringing it that's back. That's true, but I think people saw through that farce and was like, yeah, now you're on crossplay because now it's lucrative for you to be on crossplay since everyone is. It is, but what I'm saying is that, that they have seen come as... to these realizations before the PS5 has come out. They have they are getting this resistance on a couple of things before the PS5, which could bring them back down to earth a little bit yeah. to avoid what they did with the beginning life of the PS3. In which even let's just say, you know, the life of the PS3 still outsold the Xbox 360 in the long run, even though the Xbox 360 
completely destroyed it in its first three years of life because of what they did with the PS3 yeah. and priced it and such. But it still technically turned out to be the do- more dominant console in the long run. Right. So with that said, you know, as long as they don't do anything dumb, and we don't know what's happening with Xbox Live at this point. Like, there's theories that we, we're going to play Xbox games on the Switch with it, you know? It might yeah. come to a point where Xbox is more of a subscription service gaming than it is for the console. And yeah. so even... And we know that they're buddy-buddy right now, Sony and Microsoft. So it's like, maybe you get that. And we're now seeing even, you know, Microsoft exclusives have been going to the Switch and even some to Sony. It's like, at this yeah. point, like, they're losing everything they have. I think objectively, if you're going to if you're going to spend the money on a console... Yeah. I would say, if you're try your you're trio right now, your big three, is yeah. have a Switch, have a PC, and have a PlayStation 5. And I don't even think it's... I don't even think the Xbox Scarlet is all that much worth considering in the grand scheme of things, honestly. Okay. Um, well, I think, I think you assumed I was gonna, I thought, I think you were trying to make this argument for me, but not necessarily for you, but I know like people have a loyalty to Xbox. Yeah. And a lot of some people's loyalty is unfounded too. And a lot of people's reasons for getting the Xbox one, was because of their fun having fun on Halo three and, and they knew their friends were going to get on Xbox One because of Halo. And what right. I'm saying is that because of that whole debacle that have gone on with the Xbox One and just you know poor exclusives and just poor just a whole a whole lot of things. I think that people people have a bias against Sony. Like for Sony, it's like I I, I think the Nintendo community is pretty diverse in the sense of like all right you're either for it or you're against it yeah but people have kind of come to that realization now where it's like all right we can't really compare nintendo to microsoft or sony because it's just different now you just can't yeah and you know it used to be microsoft versus nintendo now it's like well nintendo's in their own thing so it's it's been microsoft versus sony and it's like for some reason people get a loyalty and they just like they want to fight for it and what i'm saying is just like if you're going to fight for it have right. a reason. Give you give a reason, and right now I think yeah. Sony is. Well, and it's, me, it's. I mean, you. I mean, you did a second ago say that you're not even planning on getting Scarlet yourself, but right. You just so, outright said that you're not even going to consider the PlayStation Five, pretty much. Yeah, that's true, and I get why you think like making that argument for me is like I think I see why you say that because I did say I'm not considering it, but and this is where you know this argument or this question, you know, I don't have a horse in this race to be honest. Like PlayStation five to me, exclusives are cool and all I want to play those games, but I'm also an adult that has a budget and I, I see, I see the PS five as like, you know, anywhere between three to $500 according to where they price it of money that I would just be putting towards to play a few games. Cause every other game I can get on the PC, even Microsoft's new exclusive. So I'm actually on with you. I don't, like, I don't have a horse in this race. So objectively, the question is which console for what gamers consider, should they consider more? And to be honest, I kind of agree with everything you said. Um, I think Halo Infinite coming to PC is the one big thing. Like, I'm not saying it's the only thing, but it's the big thing that's keeping me from caring about Scarlet at all. And PS5, because I don't have that backing of Sony exclusives that I've played in, the, in my past. I have other games that I like. I've never been into Sony. I've never owned a PlayStation except for I own a PlayStation 2 to play Get our hero, and that was it. I did play um, a few games on there. I remember I played like some of the racing games, like Burnout, which that was actually kind of fun games. And I did play Final Fantasy X, 
but I didn't finish it. <laughs> so anyways, I uh, that's like my extent with yeah. Sony, right? So from my point of view, this is why I'm not considering a PS5. It has nothing to do with its specs compared to the Scarlet. It's that I have a PC now, and like I'm not saying the PC's in like totally better because there's exclusives that PC won't ever get, and that sucks. But you know, I have invested my time and energy to build the PC that I have, and like that's where I put my money. I'm not gonna buy either of these, but in from an objective standpoint, I think the one that people should consider more is probably the PS5. I agree. Um, I think that. Microsoft has definitely transitioned. They, they, like you said, they've kind of, they're very self-aware. They're a very self-aware company, I think, from the beginning. And as much as like, I kind of fanboy with him, with them because of Xbox and the time I had with Halo and I fanboy because I like Windows and, you know, as much as I, now I own Mac stuff, but it, it's just, my thing is with Microsoft, they're self-aware enough to know that, um, their exclusivity, their hardware for game, as far as games go, aren't really what makes them money. It's more like their service. They've always been a company that's made software as much as like now they have the Microsoft surface family of products and they have, they had phones for a little while, even that. So this is another example of Microsoft's fluidity. And it's, it's that Microsoft recognized that their phones OS their the thing that they were doing with windows phone, two or three years ago or more like four or five years ago at this point is was not working. And so they stopped and they built a new phone that runs on Android because Android is objectively better. And so they are willing to transition. They're willing to move around, be fluid enough to do these things, make changes. I think as much as like the console wars have gone on for so long and I like having these discussions, like which, which is going to be better, you know, and I like the competition, but as much as like it's not a fun stance, I think Microsoft, the way they look at Scarlet, is literally just hardware to transition people to go to xCloud Live or Game Pass. You know, they they want people on their services. That's their main goal. They don't really care about exclusives. They don't care about actually selling hardware. I think they care about getting people on a platform that they, you know, run and stream to your home PC or they uh, give you the option to play their games that are exclusives for Microsoft on PC, you know, the game passes on PC now. And, um, you know, I think as much as like, you know, that's not the fun thing that they, the save the stance they have on it is they just want Scarlet to transition them into X cloud. I don't think Scarlet is as big of a deal as we want it to be, you know, but, uh, but looking at the te- at the specs for this last generation, I think of consoles and where they're going to be. I think this is like probably the last generation of consoles. I think after this, it'll be streaming or some kind of service or some alternative. That's not what we've known in the past of just a console. It's going to be like a PC that they sell for really cheap or something. Right. I think that PS five being that if you look at the specs side by side, they're very similar. They, you know, they're very similar spec wise. They have the SSD like the PS five does. They don't have the VR support, which is a big part of me because I keep coming to that because it's like one of the few things that Xbox has pretty much said they're not going to do support for. And PS5 said that they are vehemently going to, you know? Yeah. And so like taking stances like that are important when it comes to like being the last generation of this, you know, game system. So I don't know. 
I think PS5, your arguments hold true to me, and I think that they're valid, and I hope that people consider the PS5. But I also think Scarlet is going to probably surprise us. We have a lot of time between now and winter 2020. True. We'll probably maybe hear things that change this totally in our minds. But looking at it now, it seems as though PS5 might be the better option. But I don't have a horse in this race. As much as I, as much as like I don't like to be that guy, like you know, I wish I would get a PlayStation to play with you and all. But you know, we can play Minecraft together. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we build, we build crazy strong PCs so we can play. Yeah, Minecraft. and the thing is, that's another thing is that the reason PCs have become as big as they are is because you know the PC I built is like ridiculous, but like. You know, the buy-in is getting smaller and smaller. Like the barrier of entry to play PC games on like a legitimate in like a legitimate way. Yeah. The I mean, barrier of entry. I got entry, my 1050 Ti graphics card for right. like seventy bucks. Yeah, is, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy good deal. As much as like, you know, you might not be able to play The Witcher three at sixty FPS, you know, fourteen forty P. You know, obviously that's like ridiculously impossible. But like the ten fifty Ti, you know, you you can play any modern game at ten eighty P thirty FPS easy. You know, it's right. so like, then that's like the man, like that's like what you need to play the game. So the barrier of entry is getting smaller. So consoles are getting more, you know, they're not useless, but consoles are getting more and more, um, you know, eaten up by that other demographic because PC's getting bigger and bigger. So, and ultimately PC, I think lasts longer because they're upgradable. You know, consoles True. like you buy a final solution from the out the gates, and you have to rely on those companies to update the UI and the software to keep it modern. Whereas PCs, you can just do it yourself. You don't have to wait for these developers. You don't have to wait for Microsoft or Sony. But Sony is definitely interesting. They have impressed me with this all this information coming out, and hopefully they don't overprice it because the lower the price, the more people can play it, and that's right. what I want. So I, th- I think if you're I think if you're Sony right now, you might can price it a bit more than Scarlet. Yeah. Because I think you're right. I think Microsoft is honestly at that point where they're like, we're not going to win this. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I, don't, I don't think they, they think they right. That's what I was saying. Like, overall race yeah. at this point. But I, I think you're right. You know, when you look at all of Microsoft's recent moves, they are going more into a service. And you're right. Microsoft has generally in the past always been about software and Sony has always been about hardware. Yeah, Windows and Office, they're... That's their bread and butter. That's yeah. all software. Yeah. You know? So I, I think that, you know, Sony should really take advantage here and they they might can price it a little bit more, but I don't think that they should go super crazy and miss out on their shot on just getting every, all the gains as right. far as when it comes to console. Because at this point, Nintendo's Nintendo and either you're for it or you're against it. I don't think what yeah. anyone else is doing at this point persuades you on if you get a Nintendo or Like not. if you don't have a Switch right now, it's like you really don't want to switch, <laughs> you know? Well, True. there's some people that obviously they can't afford it. I think, that a, I think a lot of people are waiting for the pro. Yeah. And I understand I do that. believe that because I think I mean, the 3DS very has made us have trust issues with what we buy. Yeah. The, the switch is very limited. I mean, the, the PC person inside of me that people are annoyed by <laughs> just cringes when I hear the resolution of Witcher on I just keep coming back to that because it's so drastically. Apparently, though, it runs very well. Right, it runs smooth, but I could just. I don't want that CD Projekt Red has really embarrassed a lot of other ports. It's it's like lower than 720p. I just can't get my head around that. (laughs) I don't know. I just I don't want to be that guy. It's just wow. I can't believe it. (laughs) But yeah, we made it work. So yeah, 
But with that said, that was a very, very interesting episode. Like we had a lot, I think a lot to say and that blizzard stuff really was crazy. We had two really big topics kind of go on. Yeah. I'm excited. Red dips coming to PC though. That's one I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I can't decide if I'm going to get, after I beat Borderlands, if I'm going to get Link's Awakening or Red Dead. What do you think? I'm, here's what you should do. You should buy Link's Awakening. I will give you the first version of Red Dead. Okay. I have it on the Xbox One. Okay. And because even though you don't have to play the first one for the second one, it's one of those where it's like to get a lot of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Or understand some of the characters, you might want to play the first one first. That's what it was told to me. Okay. So you can buy Link's Awakening. Gotcha. You can have the first Red Dead to see if you really would want to see the second Red Dead. Because they're, right. generally they're going to play a lot alike. Yeah. That, okay, that's a good idea. Also, I don't want to count out that A Link to the Past was added to Switch Online. So I, de- I want to play that. You know, only It's already been out, and I've, I, I turned it on for a few seconds, but that's another one I'm considering. But I may consider that. I, I, I don't like slogging through those older games sometimes, but... But I think so, it's, like I think the it's, original Red Dead is like it's new enough to where like graphically it's still really good and plays like yeah. Game, Sometimes it's know? hard though. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you know. Like I went back to play Fallout Three one time. I was just like, Ugh. which I know people who listen to Fallout who listen and love Fallout are probably hating me right now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I would way rather play Fallout Four than Three right now just because of it. it. Just feels so much newer. You know, I guess I care about that stuff. True, true. But all right. With that said, yeah, fun week. Yeah. Hope I reckon it's about time we head on out. This is that's a really bad redneck accent. I care. I'm doing western. Oh, uh, cowboy. Okay. <laughs> it's still a bad one. But. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. See y'all. See you.